Mitsubishi. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive presented by Barstool Sports. Today is Monday, May 13th, and the first round of the 2019 NCAA Men's Division I Lacrosse Tournament is in the books. We had eight games this weekend. Uh, at least, I, w- I would say at least six of them I would consider to be thrillers. Um, you know, obviously uh, a couple in the mix there that were just some good old-fashioned uh, dick kickings. Uh, but, I mean, just an unreal slate for the weekend uh, filled with like just a ton of sickos going off. So Jake, how, how are you feeling after this weekend? It's, you know, it's the Monday morning after all the dust is settled. What's it, what's it like going on in your head right now? I thought it was pretty wild, uh, especially for some first round games. Um, it, I, I mean, everybody who we expected to show out showed out, um, uh, you know, we made our, we made our picks incorrectly a couple of them that's fine you know people make mistakes we're uh we're human but we we saw some absolute just ridiculous goals some goalies standing on their heads like you know it's it's what more can you fucking ask for you know you had a you got an ot game you had some good old-fashioned dick kickings yes um you had a couple close ones and you had some guy i mean you, you had some you know some unexpected guys come out and play so what what the fuck the fuck else could you ask for yeah like here's the thing like i i know that like we personally we talk about it a lot like chaos like we love chaos in the regular season and like you know i look at something like you know the way that the you know i know you're not a huge hockey guy but like the way that the 2019 stanley cup playoffs have been going where like the first round was just all upsets and like that's cool to an extent and everything but you know, we only had one away team win a game uh, in this in the first round so far, and that was Maryland in overtime over Towson. Uh, so, you know, the rest of the higher seeds all won their games. I'm I'm so much happier though that like that's the way. Like, yeah, like you, you could say like you know if if there were more upsets and shit like that, like it would be like interesting. But when there are eight teams left playing in the college across season, like we're down to what we've got seven games left on the year. I want those to be the best teams possible playing. Like get your fucking upsets out of here. I don't want to hear about them. I don't want to see them. I don't want anyone rooting for upsets in the first round. I want the best eight teams in the nation still playing when we only have seven games left to go on the season. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's what we got. Yeah, I think we definitely got it. You know, after watching Hopkins play, they're, they're know, just so it's been I, the same way for years. They're just I so hate they, it. They, they can look like they're the best team in the nation, and then they can look like they like they just bought their sticks from like fucking models. And I mean, that's it, what it that's what it fucking looked like, man. Like you know, there was there were, there was nothing going on there. Like just you know, the lights were on, but nobody was home. Obviously, Epstein, he was home. You know, six points. The kid's just a fucking freak. Like he's an enigma. Like I I don't understand. But I mean, everybody who wanted high point in the tournament watched that Hopkins game and was just infuriated. They were crushing cans, you know, crushing cans in their in their hands and throwing it at the TV. Like I'm sure they were so mad now would have high, would high point have 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 come up with a with a w against notre dame probably not i don't think anybody was going to beat notre dame 
I, I, that in, in the first round game with Ryder Garnsey stepping on the field. Absolutely not. I well, think that, you, that <laughs> you know what, let's, let's talk about that real quick and, okay, then, we and then we'll go into the rest of it a little bit more like chronological order, but Ryder Garnsey, you sick, sick son of a bitch coming back, making his season debut in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And this motherfucker goes off. What did he end up with? Four goals on the day, a couple assists. And, and these weren't like, these were like the quintessential Ryder Garnsey goals, you know, just, you know, one of them, just a, a nice low to high release. Another one, just a, a ridiculously absurd dive like that is what he brings to this notre dame offense like this is a team where you know you got a lot of guys you know guys like you know costabile can can really like bring the ball pretty fundamental player uh you know defensively that i feel like that's what like notre dame's known for like they're like this this real fundamental lacrosse team and then you add Ryder garnsey who's just does whatever it is that he does and it and it works so like that's like teams that think that they can get a read on Notre Dame, you can't read Ryder Garnsey. You don't know what he's going to do. So he just brings that extra element of what the fuck is going on here to Notre Dame's offense. And yeah, like Hopkins, I mean, they're a defense that stunk all year. That defense, which is like weird because you expect, I mean, Petro's Petro like the greatest defenseman of all time. And that defense stinks. Um, so. Obviously, that was going to be a good matchup for them. I don't think that Notre Dame's offense is going to be a good matchup for anybody now. I mean, so so here's my thing. It's like you're right. Like I, I this was this was my I had to put myself in Ryder Garnsey's shoes, man. Like I'm academically ineligible. I'm watching my team all year, dude. They're dropping they're dropping some games, and but I have to be in the weight room. Like I'm in the weight room. I'm working. I'm on the wall. I'm practicing. Like there's a chance. Right, like they make it to the playoffs, there's a chance he had to know all year because Corrigan would not have just stuck him on the field had he not had a stick in his hands all year. So he had to know. So that was like his moment. Like when he stepped on the field, he was like, "This is it." You saw his Instagram post, didn't you? Like yeah. it's like he's like, "I'm I'm the, I'm I'm coming to war. I got all the guns with me. Like I'm poor, dropping." Poor, I'm, poor, poor kid had to apologize for that because I, oh, I guess I'm sure, but sure. people got a, a little little triggered by the by the gun talk fucking loser anyway i know anyway he uh yeah dude like you know he adds just such a, a a different element to the offense and it's like you know you have to give the you also have to give credit to the guys he's playing with because you know Ryder is not Ryder is a he's not been practicing with them all year but then he steps on the field and they it's like they've it was like he's been playing all year you know like he he's he's able to get into get into your offense but command it and he can play with whoever. Like he's the kid's just a freak, and he showed out, and it was just rinsing goalies. I loved it, dude. And I think something that that's also like, like not only do they get him back, but they get like a fully healthy. Like so, you mentioned like you're like that whole season. Like you got to be in the weight room. You got to be like you know just studying film. But like they're getting him, and and he's 100 percent healthy. Like he hasn't played any games this year, yep. so he didn't have any chances to get hurt. And when it comes down to this time of the year like if if you can have a legitimate superstar be a hundred percent healthy like you, you look back a few years ago with like brown and dylan malloy like I, the reason yep. why brown wasn't able to win a national championship is because dylan malloy broke his foot so you get Ryder garnsey not only do you get him back but he's a hundred percent healthy so 
Um, yeah, Notre Dame is going to be a serious problem moving forward. Uh, but f- from a from an absolute weapon like Ryder Garnsey, let's go right back to the first game of the cool. tournament. Sir Patrick Spencer and the Loyola Greyhounds. This had the oper- This had the chance to be the final game in pat spencer's college lacrosse career and he said not today motherfuckers pat spencer put loyola on his back and and cuse i mean that game right there like you you were watching the way that it was going and syracuse had built up like a little like two three goal lead and and you're starting to think to yourself like you know Man, it really sucks that Pat Spencer doesn't play defense because there's not much that he can do about this right now. Like he's just stuck on the other end of the field. Like I, I was almost getting ready f- for them to to just be running them out of the midfield and then have him go down and play some defense. I mean, he plays basketball, so obviously he has good feet. Um, but but then he does what what everyone has been expecting Pat Spencer to do all year. Um, you know, everyone. I don't know if everyone, but at least we were talking about the fact that he went scoreless in three of his last four games heading into the tournament. He said, shut the fuck up, losers. Like, I'm back. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I got the team on my back. And he went off. So, uh, you know, Loyola with the 15-13 to win over Cuse. He just fucking snapped, dude. I, you know, I I have to question Tesco's choice of, uh, I mean, yeah, the kid. Oh, I got him. I, I had his name and I'm going to lose it. Nick Mellon. Um, yes, Nick Mellon. I, I had, he's a, he's an excellent, excellent defenseman. He's absolutely, he's, he's got ridiculous hands. He can play offense too. Like he's crazy good, you know, but I have to question his Desco's choice of putting Mellon up against Spencer. I really do because Spencer is just so physical. You need a guy, you need, you need a bigger guy on him. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be, um, uh, I'm not going to be candid about it. Like he needed a bigger guy on him. He needed a, 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 a just a, a monster to keep him out. Oh well, because you saw the one goal, like like Pat Spencer, what he wasn't he bounced off of him. Yeah, he he, he wasn't dodging. Oh my god, he wasn't he wasn't changing hand. He wasn't splitting. He wasn't rolling. No. He wasn't doing any sort of dodging. He was just using his body and bullying the shit out of him, working him to the. I mean, it he like he had the ball in his stick for like fifteen seconds, and just kept like using his body, getting closer, 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 back of the net, turn and rake. See you later, adios. And it, it's just. It's it's not like, yes, he's an extremely he's an extremely special player. Spencer is. I don't know. And and again, like you have to also have to say like, would a bigger body have done anything? I think Spencer was totally in his bag. I think that he wasn't worried when they were down by we were down by four goals at one yeah, point. Yeah, I mean they were down, there was, they were down by four. Yeah, and yeah. and you know that I think that that's really telling to the Loyola team and how much that they can just you know string something together and not really worried. Like I, I saw that down by four goals. I was like, oh shit. Like this, this could be something. And I have to give credit credit to Syracuse because Syracuse is a scrappy team and they played really well. You yeah, know, I mean, I, they, they, like they showed off that you know the fact that like they have depth offensively and like they're a pretty young. They're a pretty like young offensive team. Um, you know, obviously they they lose you know a guy like like Nate Solomon, but I mean they they've got a lot of guys that are coming back. Um, and yeah, like that that depth that Syracuse had, like that's why they were able to get out to that lead. Like they had a bunch of different guys scoring. Meanwhile, Loyola needed something, you know, either out of Spencer or Kevin Lindley or Chase Scanlon. Um, yeah, Syracuse is gonna be scary next year, dude. I I, I believe in that team. They're really really good. Um, a bit young, you know, but 
It doesn't matter. I think I think no, as, I, as as soon as they get rid of the sleeveless jerseys, they're <laughs> going to be a force. You know, I I never understood the the transition to the sleeveless jersey. Like I, I remember years ago when we first saw it on television, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, but they also need to do something with the color of the jersey because, like, in a certain light on the TV, you know, if your brightness is not adjusted correctly, it looks like they're wearing purple. I'm not I, I'm not a I, huge fan. I, I haven't had that issue yet, but it could be my I'll, TV. I'm a, I'm a tech guy, it. and I'm fucking up over here with the TV. But like, I, I need to talk to somebody at Syracuse and get them to you know give some custom settings for my TV because it looks like they're wearing purple. It's disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, if 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 you're gonna go cut off on the jersey, like at least like go go no undershirt, just go full suns out, guns out, um, or else put some fucking sleeves on those jerseys. So the second game of the day, uh, that that was this was my upset alert and. It, it was it was a roller coaster for sure because Yale got off to a start that like the start that Yale got off to I thought was going to end the Georgetown program forever. It was seven nothing in the first seven minutes of the game. Like there was nothing. Like Georgetown maybe touched the ball twice in those first seven minutes. It was just goal. TD Erland faceoff win. Goal, TD Erland faceoff win. Goal, to back and forth. Um, you know, and then then Georgetown started to get things going, and they made this one pretty interesting. I mean, Yale got away with there with the 19-16 win. Um, but, you know, kid like Daniel Baccaro, uh, absolute stud, showed, like, why I thought that Georgetown would be able to pull off the upset. But little did I know that, you know, that offense was going to um, – just snap off there in those first few minutes and that TD Erlin, what did he end up winning? 31 face-offs on the day. Yeah. 31 of 35. Just this fucking stupid, freak. stupid. Um, and, 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 and I mean that right there, like that's like, I, I know that there are no like GMs in college across or anything like that, but whoever orchestrated TD going to Yale, that's exactly why you land a kid like that. Uh, for sure. I mean, Yale also kind of showcased their depth. You know, they had they had four or five guys with four or five points. Um, you know, I was really impressed by Georgetown. I want to, you know, it it sucks. I want to say if there was five more minutes in that game, Georgetown would have had a, a closer run. But you, but it, they they were it was nineteen. I remember it was like nineteen eleven, and Georgetown put in five. Uh, and I mean, Bacaro and Cow and Caraway uh, are. You know, you saw the numbers. They're you know the second to Amant and O'Keefe in, in in offensive production. I think they're a really good team, and it sucks that you know that was Picaro's last game. Um, you know, you saw that that fucking filthy one-handed five-hole goal that he had to you know his last goal was just sick, and I love that. You know, it was nice seeing you know you know you, you get to you get to a certain point, and you're like, fuck, I can just lay it all out on the field, and I can I can give everything I got, or I can just fucking throw my stick down and cry about it, which, you know, plenty of people do. And they had an opportunity to just throw the, throw the shit in and, and cry about it. And they didn't. And I liked it. Yeah. You, you yeah. You fucked up the your upset alert though. You know, I, I fucked mine up too though. So yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, like the thing that was is So like that first quarter, like I just, I felt terrible for Chris Brandow. So obviously, uh, you know, if, if you watch, the game you heard the broadcast talk about it a ton, but uh, you know Matt Brandell on on Yale's attack playing against his twin brother Chris Brandell <laughs> in, in the cage for Georgetown. 
Um, so I mean, what a what a matchup there. But I felt so bad for Chris in, in KJ for the first quarter because I mean he wasn't seeing anything. Um, you know, and I was thinking, you know, you know, Georgetown might have to, you know, get him out of there. Um, but they stuck with him and like he like credit to him. Like he, he turned it around too. like, obviously, um, you know, nine, 19 goals got past them, but you know, the way that that first quarter was, was going, um, it looked like it could have easily been like 30 goals. So he had a lot of saves there, it, you know, in the middle of that game, um, that allowed Georgetown and, and Daniel Picard to kind of go on that run and make it a little bit closer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was really weird, like after every single Yale goal, just seeing the the camera cut over to the Brandau family and and just <laughs> just wearing both you know both logos and and cheering for it was it was a weird scene, but uh but yeah I mean the defending champs they took care of business and yeah I, if it was like five minutes longer, I just I, I thought I thought five minutes would have given them a, a a chance they had momentum going into the you know the last seven minutes of that quarter yeah uh, i don't know i don't I think, think they I think I don't think it necessarily would have won i think that it just it would have been maybe a little bit you know maybe one goal instead of three yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you on that one yeah i still think that they come out of that one on top especially because td was a freak show um but yeah so yale defending champs moving on uh but yeah so i got my upset alert wrong and moving on your upset alert was the troops very patriotic of you uh against Penn, the hottest team in Division One college across right now, uh, but Penn kept that shit rolling. Their twelfth straight win after starting off the year zero and three. So I mean, hosting a game against Army, a team that had just held Loyola's offense to what, like four or five goals in the Patriot League semifinal. Yeah. Um, then took care of Lehigh in the Patriot League championship. So like th- this was a defense that was, you know, just beating teams into submission, you know, with Johnny Serdick and AJ Barreto. Um, so, you know, we were thinking, Hey, maybe, you know, Penn, they might be due for a loss here. They've been winning a lot lately. Um, you know, are they going to have the weapons to get past guys like Serdick and Barreto? The answer to that is absolutely. Of course, Penn, they, they get out of there with their 12th straight win with a 13 to eight, uh, win over army. Uh, I I'd say, I mean, Penn scares the shit out of me too because they have just so many guys who can uh you know like they're they they don't like look it necessarily coming off the bus, but when they're out there, they have a lot of guys who play big boy lacrosse. Um, you know, Sam Hanley, Simon Matthias. Um like I mean Matthias was able to handle Johnny Serdick, which not a lot of people in the nation can say that. Um, and he took him to the rack like a few times. So like they, they play big boy lacrosse, even though they might not look it sometimes. Yeah, no, their jerseys uh, and their whole color scheme they got going is absolutely just trash. So garbage. Um, but they absolutely play. They showed out. Um, I mean, they took AJ Pareto to the woodshed. I mean, six saves. Bro, you're not going to win a game making six saves. I think that he, I think that's one of the least amount of saves on a on a uh, this weekend. As I'm looking over all the stats, um, but like you just, you're not going to win a game like that. Um, you know, our, our freshman Brandon Nick Turn was was radio silent, uh, not not looking good for the troops. But Penn Penn has some weapons, some absolute weapons. I want I saw um, Mitch Bartolo 
Um, Bro's probably like, what, 6'4", 6'5", has an absolute rocket. I need to see him with the ball more. I absolutely need him to get some step downs from up top just, just because he can put so much – he puts some junk on the ball, and it's just – it's insane. But, you know, Matthias and, and Hanley definitely showed out. I mean, it, it, Penn is a team that can move the ball, um, and they can pick you apart. And it doesn't matter how good your defense is. Like they, it really does not matter because uh, they picked Army apart pretty handedly. So solid I, I game. I enjoyed watching. I think that that's what's pretty scary about Penn is like I I thought heading into this tournament that I mean I I would probably put Army's defense I I would say like Army and Notre Dame probably mm-hmm. like the two like scariest teams defensively that you could go up against. Um and and like there was never really much of a point in that game where I thought that Penn didn't have it in the bag. And like, so, so now you're, you know, you're, you're looking around and so they've, they've got, you know, we'll, we'll have another, uh, you know, we'll have a quarterfinal preview show later in the week, but you know, just looking ahead a little bit, Penn Yale for, for the third straight time. Mm. Um, you know, so Penn has already beaten them twice this year. It's hard enough to beat a team two times, in, in one year now they got to try to do it for a third time but you have to imagine that after a 13-8 win over army like obviously they already had confidence after beating yale twice um but when you can get your offense to kind of just pick apart army's d like that uh it's it's got to feel even even a little bit stronger now heading into yale um we got an, another great defensive team but we saw against georgetown that they allow some runs yeah, uh, I think you just you got to feel good going in that in that next game, especially after that win. That's just a good, that's just a good solid win. Like they played all the all the matchups went well. You know they they won at the face off X. Uh, Kyle Gallagher, you know, had a great game at the face off X. You know, Army, I think you know Army tried to throw two poles up there, just really really tried to throw the kitchen sink at him, and, and Penn was like, Nah, we're good. We're yeah. we're, we're y- y'all are y'all are not going to do this. So good game, man. I I, I really enjoyed watching that one. Uh, the late game on Saturday. So the Virginia Cavs, they were looking to get their first NCAA tournament win in like seven years or something like that. Um, and you know, they, they got it after beating up Robert Morris pretty handedly. Um, I think this one could have gotten a lot further out of hand. Uh, if, if Lars Tiffany didn't want to, uh, you know, kind of, he definitely called the dogs off toward the end of the game there. So 19 to 10 and, you know, a nine goal win is obviously pretty huge, but it wasn't even like that close. Um, so Virginia, I mean, they, they showed what they can do like in, in terms of offensive depth, they're just as deep as anybody left in the tournament. Um, you know, Matt Moore, Docs Aiken, uh, Kraut, Slaviano, like you, you name it. I mean, Ryan Conrad, who like, you know, people aren't necessarily always talking about on the offensive side of things, um, but he he threw a few in the back of the net as well. So, like Virginia, just they come at you in waves. They have so many different guys who can beat you, and and you know they just like that again. That that's that's why you you want the the best eight teams in the country still playing this upcoming weekend because we we deserve to see more Virginia lacrosse. I agree. Um, I, I think that Virginia, man, I, I it's a terrible. Their first tournament win in that long. God, I've been watching a lot of lacrosse, but I, I didn't realize it had been you know that long since the first tournament win. I, I mean, um, they they'd gone years without winning in the conference. 
Yep. And, and and now, you know, now they, they win the ACC this year and, and they beat up on Bobby Moe pretty bad. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you encapsulated pretty much whatever, you know, whatever I was going to say that, you know, they, they've got a really wide, you know, widespread amount of guys who can, who can throw the ball in the back of the net. And I mean, they're a good team and they're going to keep going. Um, we'll see what they, what kind of offensive production they can, you know, uh, they can produce, you know, later it's got to be consistent. Right. But uh, other than that, I think they played well and they'll, you know, do well in the next round. Yeah. Well, from one absolute shit pumping to another, we go into Sunday and this mm-hmm. was maybe, so I said, I, I said, you know, maybe six out of these eight were, were thrillers, you know, uh, you know, maybe like five out of the eight, but, in, in terms of games that you could start off your, your Sunday afternoon with a little nap, Penn State versus UMBC, this was this was tough to watch at times. I mean, this was just it's it's almost impossible to think that both of these teams are playing Division One college across. Like if if UMBC is a D one team, then Penn State needs to be something far greater. Or if Penn State's a D1 team. UMBC needs to be something far lower because this was just not even in the same class. The playing field was not was not even. You had between between four guys on Penn State's offense, they had thirty points. That's <laughs> that's that's insane. They all, I mean, it, why? How? You know, they they were operating on a different level. Like that was it was yeah, it was going to be their first program you know, first NCAA tournament win in program history. But like, I don't really think that anybody was worried that it, they weren't, you know, they weren't going to win. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone was worried about it. But I, I also don't know, like, like again, like that's like, like 25 to 10. And that was Penn state taking it pretty easy toward the end of that game. Like, I think if they wanted to, they like, they had 23 goals. I think it was 23. After the third quarter, so I mean they only put two away in the fourth, like because they you know they called off the dogs a little bit there, um, like they could have easily hit thirty. Um, so I mean that game, <laughs> it just shows you how ridiculously silly Penn State is. Um, you know they they don't all they do they just send ballers out onto the field and they say go fuck around and put the ball in the back of the net. Like there's there's no offense or anything being run there. It's just six dudes going out there balling out and it works 75% of the time, uh, 75% of the time they're touching the ball, turn and rake. Um, I will say the, the one thing that I, I do want to make sure that we talk about uh, in this game, uh, ESPN demand. I, I demand an apology from ESPN because they did our boy grant Ament dirty on that broadcast. Uh, so they had mentioned that Grant Ament, big time cat guy, and that he has six cats at home. <laughs> I've heard that that is the furthest thing from the truth, and that Grant Ament, uh, the Ament family, they have a dog, Boomer, and and Boomer is a very good boy, uh, and and that they're they're not a, a six cat household. Uh, so I, I don't know who snuck that lion past ESPN, but they. They need to apologize to Grant Amet because when I heard that Grant Amet has six cats at home, um, you know, Jake, I, I know I think you have you have a cat, right? I, I have two. 
Okay. When I heard that he had six at home, I was like, you cannot give the Tawarton to a guy who has six cats. Like that is, that is way too many cats. Um, but so it tur- turns out he's, he's a dog guy. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't as much of a blow to you being, being a little bit of a cat guy yourself, but. Well, you know, you have to think like one of his boys, like got on the phone with ESPN, like with one of those like voice changing things and was like, <laughs> Hey, great, great. I has six cats at home. And you know, they, he like ran away chuckling and, and then he'd like, you know, I'm sure they clowned him on the bus after like, man, you know, I didn't know you had six cats at home, you fucking pussy. Like, I'm sure that they just absolutely ripped him for that. I bet it was one of his boys who called it in or something like Dude, that. Not, yeah, and no. then not only did they talk about him having six cats at home, but then they go on to mention that he says that his mom still dresses him and that his girlfriend <laughs> picks out his clothes. Like, this broadcast sewered Grant Amen. This was an all-time sewer job. They were out to get him. So he's got <laughs> six cats, and they're talking about his mom still dressing him, which – you know, like <laughs> I don't. I that was shout, more. That was out. more reasonable, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that was more reasonable to think of, though. Like his girlfriend's like, no, you're not stepping out in that. You know, maybe she does. Maybe that's yeah. a running joke. Yeah, I mean, it, listen, like not everyone has like like it, it's probably for the better. Like he probably looks better because of it. Um, but the fact that like that was that followed up the the six cats thing. It was just it was a, a rough broadcast for Grand Event. Um, but then every time that they tried to sewer him, he went out and had like another behind the back assist. So, you know, I, I guess whatever he's doing is working. Um, but yeah, I would ESPN just cut the kids some slack. All right. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Yeah. Um, um, well, then the second game yesterday, the only overtime game of the weekend. Maryland versus Towson. And this right here is a moment that I've been waiting, uh, you know, the whole season for. So, so we've seen some glimpses of it throughout the regular season, um, but this is something that I've I've been waiting for, and it was the Kyle Long show for the Terps. Um, Kyle Long, product of Springfield Delco here in, in the greater Philly area, uh, just so happened to coach there. Not a big deal. Um, so, Kyle Long. Goes into Towson as a freshman and Maryland down by one with 20 seconds to go. This kid takes it down, clears it himself, takes it down the field. Patience, skill, like like he's been there a million times before. Finds Jared Bernhard in the crease, hits him with a perfect dime in the back of the net. We are going to overtime. And then, yeah, in, in overtime, it was Kyle Long again finding uh, how, how do you even say his last name? Dubik, Dubik, um, finding him street, you know, from X, finding him streaking through the crease, hits him with the dime in the back of the net, and the Terps keep this thing rolling by knocking off Towson, the only uh, quote unquote upset of the weekend. So, what, what did what did you have in the, in that game? I didn't think it was much of an upset, dude. I I, I, that, I was yeah, it was one of the, it was like, one of those games where you're like you're watching Maryland and you're like you know okay they got this they you know stuff needs to just come together for them like you know it, it'll they'll get there you know I saw that you know they're down um, you know 13 12 I was like okay they're they're gonna figure it out it's not really a big deal. it was like I wasn't really worried about them for some reason I don't really I don't really understand that feeling but um, I mean they showed out and it was a really good game you know I wish you know. Uh, 
I, I couldn't ask for anything more. I think I like, I love watching Towson and Maryland plays because I think both of their Jersey schemes are pretty sick, but um, I mean, Tyler Canto, you know, he, he had a great game. Danny Dolan had a great game. He like, what, like 15, 16 saves. Like that's, you know, that's pretty insane for a, for a, um, such a close game too. Kyle Long show though, I have to say, you know, Springfield product looking pretty good out there, coach. So, you know, and I think, you know, this was probably the one game. So I, there was like a little bit of, of back and forth in Loyola Syracuse, but it was more like an extended like Syracuse run than an extended Loyola run, extended Syracuse run, extended Loyola. Like this one was just like kind of like constant back and forth between Towson. And Mar- so like this was like this was the game that had, I would say, like the most amount of like juice to it. Like the mm-hmm. whole time you're watching, you're like, oh, shit, like let's let's fucking go here. Um so I mean, but yeah, like this, this just proves though, like, like it, it doesn't matter necessarily who's out there on the field. Tillman has the Terps operating in May better than anybody else. Like I, I kept hearing team of death or team of the decade. Yes. During the, uh, you know, we'll get to this in a minute with the, with the Duke game, like the, the announcers kept calling Duke, like the team of the decade or some shit like that. That's fucking false. Because like there's no team that has been better in May in recent history than the Maryland Terps. Um, so I mean Tillman just like like I think you know you put on that Maryland jersey right now and like you, they've been to the Final Four the past five years. Like I think that like you you go into any like even if you're down one with 20 seconds left, like in the back of your head you're probably thinking yeah like we're moving on here like. But why is everyone even considering being worried? Like we got this. Um, so I mean that that's just you know Towson. I mean they got to the Final Four just a couple years ago, so it's not like they don't know how to play in May. Um, but that that's just Tillman doing Tillman things, putting his guys in the best position, and and the Terps are moving on yet again. I mean, I, it, again, I'm I'm hardly surprised. You know, I, I think that they'll show up a little bit. You know more intensity in the next game. I think they started kind of slow. Um, I mean, Towson put up a good fight though. I mean, Brendan Sunday, Brody McLean are both, you know, absolute ballers. You know, we're, we're real, we're real big on, on Brendan Sunday here. Um, I mean, obviously, but you know, what more could you ask for in a first round game, dude? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So kind of, as I, as I just mentioned, I mean, yeah, Duke did win back to back national championships. And I guess if we're like still going in the decade of 2010, because, Cause what they won in 2010, right? Maybe 2000. Yeah. Um, but see, I mean, I guess Duke has won plenty of national championships in, in the last few years. So you can consider them the team of the decade. They looked okay against Richmond. Um, you know, this is a game that, you know, it was when Duke played Richmond earlier in the year, it was, it was a tight game until, you know, that fourth quarter got going. So like, I didn't expect Duke to come out here and just shit pump Richmond. Um, but it, it did get a little bit closer than you would probably like it to see. Um, but what we did get to see was Nakai Montgomery coming out full force in the month of May again. I think that that's going to be a running theme throughout his full four years in, in Durham. Um, you know, and like every, every time, like I, I love the way that Nakai plays because uh, he's it's just like straight up energy. Like it's it's energized the the entire time that he has the ball in a stick the one thing i hate is that he usually like 95 percent of the time shoots low 
And like, as a guy who loves highlights, I'm like looking for those top corners. He did stick one high yesterday, um, kind of on the run. So, you know, it wasn't a time and room step down. He usually goes low on those ones, but more on the run, stuck it high. And like, as soon as Nakai Montgomery is, is going up top with his shots, like I'm thinking, all right, like he's feeling it right now in his bag. There's nothing that you can do to stop it. Um, and and that was pretty much the difference maker in holding on that that one goal lead to take down Richmond. He's just he can do everything, right? Like, you know, he's a he's a multi-dimensional offensive player. Like you know, he, he can he can dodge down the alley, he can he can he can do a wing dodge, he he can shoot with both hands hard as fuck. You know, that's I mean, yeah, you 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 want your guys, you know, it, it's division one, right? At at some point. The coaches are soft, like they're like, all right, you don't. I mean, you're right-handed, just shoot right-handed for the rest of your life. Like, f- fuck off. You know, I'm not gonna have you on the wall. You're you're a grown man now. Just play right-handed if you want to play right-handed. I don't care. But Nakai has obviously put in the work to be able to shoot with both hands, which is scary because it's like, okay, I know this guy's tendency. He likes to dodge right. I'm, not, I mean, I'm gonna line up the, you know, line up five feet this way. Blah blah blah. No, you you have to you have to you have to play to him. Right, and that's what's scary. He's just a freak athlete. I mean, and and his shake is so good too. Like because like he he'll just get that split, and then no matter which way he wants to go, whether he wants to bring it to his right or his left, he's gonna get like a step and a half of separation just off of that shake alone, and then that's more than enough time for him to have his hands free and then go bombs away. Again, usually low, but whatever. it's in the back of the net, you know. That's right, um, and there's just there's very few D mids who are going to be able to, to run with them. Very few, um, you know. I mean, I I mean Richmond almost strung together a an overtime game there. Um, I mean, I I was rooting for. I can't root for Duke. I just I, I physically it makes me ill. Um, but I love the Richmond team. Um, I think that they're absolute ballers. I think Tate Tate Gallagher and Mitch Savoka are just they're they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, just the maturity of the program is just not there to beat to beat Duke in May. Uh, they were there. There was some decision making that specifically the specifically in the fourth quarter there was some decision making that was extremely questionable. Like there was, well, I think it was three four minutes left in the game. The Richmond faceoff guy took it down, and he tried to uh, he tried to you know since he's since he's right handed. Yeah, no, he he had it in his left hand, right out in front of him. He tried to pull it across his body and do a little shovel shot, right? There was nobody there to back it up. It's fourth quarter, three minutes left. Like you're down by three. Like you you need the ball, right? You know, just just tiny things like that that makes a program go from you know a Richmond to a you know I'm not going to say a Penn State, but like a Richmond to a Penn, right? You know, they, they, they kind of step up to a new level. Well, again, but, and that's the thing, though. Like, you you get these teams like like a Richmond, who, you know, they they've had plenty of success at the D one level. They just like, but they haven't had it like in May. Um, so like you you get the you get to these points in these games, and it's like like everyone in their heads thinking to themselves like, oh, I got to make a play, I got to make a play, I got to make something happen here. Um, you know, meanwhile, Duke, who's been there plenty of times before, um, you know, they know they just got to like weather the storm keep playing like their lacrosse and, and then they get out of there with a win. So um, like, that's, that's where like, I, I think just like the weight of a program um, probably helped Duke 
get out of there with a win just because like Richmond doesn't have all that, that may success to fall back on. Like they don't know, like, Hey, like, you know, we probably, we probably don't need that shot right there. We can just get a better one in like 15 more seconds. Um, so like, and, and that's pretty much, I mean, looking around the, the, the schedule from this week, like, it's not like, like there's no one besides Penn state. There's, there's no one in this quarterfinal that I don't think has been there before. Um, so yeah, I mean, Penn state's the only one. So, you know, it, it's just that experience that kind of makes a little bit of a difference. Yeah. It, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a maturity thing amongst your players, you know, like, you know, they, they get to the big stage and they, you know, they, they, some of them, some people thrive at the big stage, you know, like Joey Epstein, you know, his first round game, he had six points. Like, you know, some guys thrive like that. And some guys, you know, I don't want to say fall apart because that's, that's not, that's not really what's happening. It's more of, you know, it's the, the decision-making isn't there. Like, Hey, there's, you know, there's three minutes left in the game. I don't really need to do a, a, a fucking shovel shot, um, you know, with nobody backing it up. Like I'm, I don't need to be a hero. Right. You know, you, there, there's guys on the teams that are, that are your hero, right. You know, your grand Amit, your Mac O'Keefe, like those are the guys you want with the ball, you know, you're Kobe Bryant, right. You want them with the ball with eight seconds left, you know, like stuff like that. And I think that, you know, for those, you know, neural pathways to be uh, active in your brain, you know, you have to experience it. You know, some of these freshmen, you know, have, you know, what what many would consider brain damage from uh, just being 18 years old. So, uh, you know, it's it's fun, though. It's, it's fun to see like, hey, that Richmond program is six. It's their sixth year. Um but you know, there's sixth year and they're, you know, competing at a, at a high level. That's, that's fun. You know, like they put together a program and it's, you know, it's six years, you know, to be competitive with Duke in May at six years is pretty sick, yeah. you know, and, and that's, and that gives a lot of confidence to these other programs, you know, who are trying to step up as well. Tell you what, this has got to be the only lacrosse podcast out there right now that is breaking down the neural pathways of these matchups. That's, so. that's right. You know, we're, we're thinking about the brain chemistry of these guys shredding fucking cheddar. That's all we're thinking about here. Uh, um, all right. Yeah. And then we already talked about Notre Dame taking down Hopkins in the final game of the first round. So that right there, I mean, eight games that were, you know, even, even the dick kickings uh, had, you know, plenty of, plenty of juice to them. So, you know, heading into next weekend, I mean, we've got Grand Amant versus Pat Spencer. Uh, we've got, you know, Virginia versus Maryland, just an, uh, you know, an, an old time ACC rivalry. Uh, we got Yale and Penn part three, the, 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 the third part of that trilogy right there. Uh, and then Notre Dame Duke, two teams that have played each other a ton in the tournament. Um, they played each other in the national championship before. So, I mean, these are going to be four great matchups coming up this, this weekend. We'll have a, uh, uh, NCAA quarterfinal preview show later in the week, but figured we would just recap everything that went down in the first round. Uh, you got any, uh, real quick, you got, you got winners heading to your final four or do you got to think about it a little bit more? Uh, you can't put me on the spot like that, dude. I have to. I, there's more analysis that goes into it. You know that. Um, I would and say more, like, I would, more more neuron pathways. That's and, right. That's right. My my brain is not set up for that. I need I need some more brain exercises. Um, let me tell you who I would like to see. Um, I would love to see Penn State catching another dub. Uh, I, I would love I would love to see that just because they. I mean, I almost kind of expected at this point. I think they've got a lot of really talented guys who deserve to be there. Um, I would love to see. 
uh, Notre Dame over Duke and Ryder Garnsey. You know, like he 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 brought the team. You know, I, I would love to see him do just so fucking just do some insane shit. I like you know the the on your uh, on your knees spin around shot like just in, just. I'll tell you what, out, my please. favorite thing right now would be to see again. I, and like, I'm not even a Notre Dame guy. Like, like the school in general. Yeah, not for me. Not. Not, 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 but I would not see them in the national championship just so that we could get that picture of Ryder holding up the the championship trophy after it, like d- just a huge fuck you to the NCAA. That would be anything that involves the NCAA getting shit thrown back in their face brings me great pleasure. So that would probably be the best result from championship weekend would be Ryder Carnsey holding the NCAA trophy and f- flipping a bird to the camera. That would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and then shotgunning a bang right after. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got a huge weekend ahead of us and, and a huge weekend just finished up. So we will catch you guys later on this week with our quarterfinal preview show. Um, but yeah, till then, keeping it low to high to the day we die. Convict, we out. Akon and Young Jesus. Trying to take it easy. Only way to go. And so. But if you're looking for me, I'll be on the black. I'm a thing I'm possibly sitting on the trap now. Because I'm a rider. Yeah. Oh, yes, survivor. Yeah. Everybody know the game don't stop. Trying to make it to the top for your ass. First they give us the work, then they throw us in jail Road trip, yeah, I'm trafficking the white Please, Lord, don't let me go to jail tonight Who me? I'm a sole survivor Ask about him in the street, the boy G's a rider A hundred grand on my wrist, yeah, life sucks Fuck the club, dog. I'd rather count a million bucks